Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to the newest episode of Real Talk with Shoot and Chalk. In case you forgot, because it's been a while, I am your host, Chalk, and with me, as always, is Shoot. Hey, what's up, guys? Happy New Year. Uh, we're glad to be back and excited to get the, the new year kicked off right with this uh, first episode. Yeah, so 2018, for myself, like probably many of you out there, because half the country is feeling this affliction, did not start that great. Um, was pretty sick, and that was one of the reasons why we were delayed getting back into it. But you know, now that we're both feeling fully healthy, I'm ready to dive back in and discuss 2017 and give you guys our Redskins postmortem because it's finally over. The slow, painful death has come and gone. Here we are. Now we can just sit in this amazing limbo of terror for the next three months as we try to figure out what's going to happen with Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I mean, this is really the worst time to be a Redskins fan. You know, normally the offseason, at least back when we were growing up, was always kind of a time of excitement because we mm-hmm. knew Dan Snyder was going to be throwing money around. There was going to be new players coming in and all that. But the last three or four years with all this Kirk Cousins saga going on, it's really just turned into a stress fest. I mean, it's partially why oh. my beard is so gray is because of this. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's absolutely insane. And last year, if anyone thought last year was bad, which I did, you know, I was checking Twitter daily, just hoping for something to happen. If you thought last year was bad, buckle up because it's about to get terrible. Yep. And honestly, it's been a week into it and it's already been terrible. And we're going to go ahead and I'm waving my white flag. Shoot. If I had one, I would be waving it right now. I've gone full dark side. I'm anti-Kirk Cousins at this point. You've finally drawn me over. Yes, let the hate flow through you, my son. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I'm man. with you. I mean, I, you know, again, I during the season, I was trying to be optimistic, and, and you mm-hmm. pulled me to that side. But Many times. Many all times the signs, this argument. All the signs point to that he's leaving, he's only chasing money, all that crap about mm-hmm. you know him not being greedy and it not being about the money. Uh, it seems that that is not the case. And, you know, there are tons of signs, the, the biggest one being the fact that he's just, you know, lightning sale, all of his Redskins mm-hmm. gear from his website. Uh, but, you know, it's just not a good situation. And uh, I'm, I'm at this point, like you said, I'm over Kirk. I'm already pissed at him. Um, you know, unless he signs a five-year deal and, and at a reasonable salary, uh, he's dead to me as far as I'm concerned. Okay, well, let's pump the brakes in case that happens. <laughs> I don't want to uh, have to replay this and then we're now we're not going to go that far. But what I will say is this, is that after a lot of speculation and thinking about what possibly could happen, honestly, it's to the point now where it's almost in the best interest of the franchise if he leaves. This has just gotten to the point where it's so out of control in terms of the amount of money that we're talking about that when you really look at the big picture of it, it's not worth that amount of money. I wish I could sit here and tell you, yes, he's worth $27 million, pay him whatever he wants. Like I've said in the past, if you go back to our old episodes, I've said those exact words. Yeah. However, it, it is what it is. We're 7-9. and nine. Yeah, he could throw for 4,000 yards every year, and that's great. But if we don't win games, it doesn't really matter. And so is it his fault? No, not necessarily. But if he takes that amount of money that he wants – we will not be able to get better and then therefore win games. So he's not we're gonna pay twenty seven million dollars for a very good quarterback who can throw the ball, he can he can win you games for sure, but he needs help. Mm-hmm. Not only offensively, but defensively as well. We need yeah. to invest into our defense, and the only way we could do that is if we have money. If we give Kirk Cousins twenty seven million dollars a year, that leaves us roughly about thirty million dollars, and that's just not gonna be that's not gonna get it. No. So 
if he takes the amount of money that he, I mean, rightfully deserves, I guess you could say, because he played well. Yeah, I'd, but, I'd give him that. I agree with you. I mean, so I'm not mad at him from, like, that perspective. Like, bro, you want your money? Go get your money, bro. I, get, I feel you. I feel you, man. Like, chase the money. But at the same time, don't hold a press conference and charge $40 a head to get in and in this press conference explicitly say, oh, it's not about the money. I'm not letting the money make the decision for me. But then a week later, you're entertaining an offer from the Browns or you would seriously consider it? Hold on. That's, that's not the same thing. Those are two totally different things. I don't care that the Browns have the first pick and the fourth pick. I don't care. They still haven't won a game, and they've won one game in two years. So if winning is going to be above all else, you cannot go to the Browns, period. Well, then not just on, not just that, but he also constantly harps on continuity and talking about how mm-hmm. he wants to be around the same people over and over and how that is making him a better player, which it obviously has. But mm-hmm. – um, you know, now he's entertaining going to a team like the Browns or the Jets. And, and you know, the mm-hmm. simple fact is that those teams just have way more money than us. You know, I mean, oh, and again, it's absolutely. like you said, I'm not mad at him for chasing the money. Go go get yours. Set your family up and all that. I'm fine with it. But, mm-hmm. again, he charged $40 a head to fans who re- desperately want him to stay. Mm-hmm. And that just reeks of greed to me. I mean, like, you're going to yeah. charge these people money to come visit you and hear you speak. Give them the answers they want to hear and then turn right around and have your agent negotiating with other teams that can pay you more money. So, I mean, you know, again, he's not necessarily quote unquote dead to me. I know that was a bit extreme, but (laughs) it it does piss me off. I mean, like he's constantly harping on this, you know, I'm the good guy image. And then you're going to go out and be just like everybody else and chase the money. Just be that then. Don't be disingenuous. Don't tell us one thing and do something else. And that's my biggest argument here is that. Like I'm not knocking you if that's the case, but you can't have you can't have your cake and eat it too. Yeah, can't have it both ways. And the defense of the whole whatever that player, his little interview thing that he charged for. I mean, yeah, the money went to charity, so you could say he did it for that, which is great. Don't get me wrong, I love charity, but he did that for himself. He may not have pocketed that money directly into his account. That was all about his image, and it was his image and maybe his merchandise and all this other stuff. So. You know, while he didn't make that, he charged to get into this thing, yeah, for charity, but it was really to help himself. So that's my biggest gripe with it. Like, you can't have it both ways. So I'm to the point now where I just think we need to – I mean, if you watch that Jacksonville Jaguars game against the Buffalo Bills, arguably one of the ugliest and most boring football games I've ever seen. However, the Jaguars' defense is absolutely ridiculous. They are so good because they spent $97 million on it last year to get Kalias Campbell, to get these other guys. And it worked, and it paid off. That they're in the second round of the playoffs. So when I see what that investment can do, if you can make it to the second round of the playoffs with Blake Bortles, why do I want to spend $27 million on a quarterback that, you know, when I can put Colt McCoy in there, who maybe probably competently can start. He's got to be better than Bortles. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. So... And the so the sad thing is, things. yeah, the sad thing is about all this is we could structure a long term deal for the for Kirk Cousins to accomplish all of this. We could exactly. pay him a little bit less on the front end, which I know he doesn't mm-hmm. want. But if he was really the team player that he wants to pretend to be, that's what he would do. Exactly. If he was really this person who wanted to win, a win above else, like you can't tell me that going to a new team, learning a new playbook with a new coach, and a lot of people forget that. Kirk Cousins was nothing without Jay Gruden, not only for the fact that Jay Gruden started him, but pre-Jay Gruden, when Cousins did get an opportunity to play, when RG3 was 
hurt because he always got hurt. He was terrible. Yeah. You know, remember how many picks he was throwing? Everyone was like, oh, Kirk is garbage. Right. But then he went to a quarterback-friendly coach in a system that he can grow in, and now here he is going to be one of the most high-state NFL players ever. So why would you leave that situation if you really do want to win? Especially when the so, Redskins are one or two pieces away. It's not like we have to go exactly. spend $90 million on defense. We just mm. need a few more pieces here and there, and we're right there. But – you know, he wants but, the money, hey, so go do it. But, hey, the Browns sound so enticing. Right. It's close to home. But, yeah, they haven't won a, they've won one game in two years. You're really going to win the Super Bowl there. But, again, if it's for the money, go ahead, but be that person in public. So <coughs> that's my biggest gripe about the whole Cousins thing. But other than that, there were some other bright spots in the 2017 season that had me excited for the future uh, on defense, a young defense, things of that nature. But no matter what, the Cousins argument is going to – be the polarizing conversation all summer because we can't really do anything until we know what we're doing with that money. Right, right. We don't know, you know, we, we got to know, we can't plan for the draft if we don't know what's going to be at quarterback, right? Quarterback. So mm-hmm. I agree with you. I mean, we're just sitting here in limbo waiting to hear and uh, all the news that keeps coming out makes it seem like it's already a foregone conclusion that he's mm-hmm. gone. So we'll see. So we'll I mean, see. maybe he stays, but, maybe he doesn't, but we'll, we'll keep you, you updated know. as it goes, I guess. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say is that, you know, me be thinking, just looking back over the last three years and seeing the quarterback that Cousins has developed into and all of that, but with the fact that we've only been to the playoffs one of three years and we lost, and yeah. we've lost important games that we should not have lost twice to the Giants in the last game of the season when the Giants had nothing to play for. And we had a shot when, at the playoffs last year. Exactly. So I see that, and then I see, you know, Jay, I'd rather have Jay Gruden – than Kirk Cousins, let me put it that way. Yeah, because if it I wasn't agree. for Jay, we Kirk wouldn't be what he's doing. So if he did it with Kirk, if we get him a young quarterback like that Josh Allen kid out of Wyoming or who everyone says is supposed to be good, might still be there at 13, Yeah, he might be a beast. You never know. So I think that a lot of people need to get off Jay's case when it comes to, like, fire Jay, fire Jay. Now, this team no, would be nothing. Definitely. If, for, if we get rid of Jay, that's it. We're done. And – you look around the opposite side of the league, and his older brother just signed the most ridiculous contract in NFL history—a hundred million dollar ten-year deal for the Raiders. And don't get me wrong, John Gruden significantly better than Jay Gruden, just because of the simple fact that he's won a Super Bowl and Jay is not. I mean, yeah. that will forever trump until Jay does that. But right. they're from the same breed of people. You know, they're the same type of personality, same coach, same everything. So, and we're getting Jay at a heck of a cheaper bargain. So I think Jay can turn into like what his brother is. So I think that if we just stick with it, you know, that's the biggest thing. The Redskins have never done that in yeah. 25 years. They don't stick with it. If you just grind it out, we're almost there. So As I think old that, Jim Reed used to say, man, embrace the freaking process. You know? Embrace the process, man. Don't wear so black think, socks. Exactly. <laughs> but we'll see. But so as far as like best and worst performances, you know, for me, best, obviously, I have to say Ryan Kerrigan, HBK, the heartbreak kid. I love for this sure. dude. He's been – crushing it for you know his entire career and you know despite this year he took the second fewest amount of snaps he's ever taken in his career only one other year did he take less snaps than this year and he still had 13 sacks so you know he was sharing time with Preston Smith they're trying to get Gillette out there to make him happy you got Ryan Anderson so he took he's taking less snaps but he's getting more sacks so you got to say easily MVP all Rightfully so, Pro Bowl defensive end. For sure. I agree 100% with that pick. And, you know, like you said, maybe it is the fact that he's taking less snaps. So when he goes in there, he is 100% Fresh. ready to go. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but for me, you know, I'm going to do the offensive side of the ball. And, and I got to say, even though he didn't finish the season, I would have to pick uh, Chris Thompson as, as my offensive player. Now, obviously, people could point to Definitely. Kirk. But, you know, again, we're not very happy with Kirk right yeah. now. So he, we're not going to pick him. Boo. Um, and that's a cheap, easy pick. you got to go something Right, down. exactly. So, uh, But Chris Thompson, again, he led the team in receiving while he was playing. Um, he, you know, was always a threat on third down, you know, or just any time he was in the game. I mean, you had to account for that guy. And the fact that his season was cut short, I, I mean, I, I would have been surprised if he didn't get 1,000 yards receiving. Um, oh, he was Pro Bowl year. For, for sure. sure. You know, so – Given the fact that he was playing so well, um, and, and really that nobody else on the offense did anything to speak of, um, mm -hmm. he's an Other obvious choice. Kirk, yeah. yeah, he's an obvious choice. So, oh, no, and I agree. And the thing again, when you look at Chris Thompson, that goes credit to Jay Gruden. Yep. So Jay 100%. said he had a plan for him since he came in. He's like, I got a plan for you. Just trust my process. And we got – that's one example of the Redskins actually doing something right. Man, what a bargain we're getting on this guy For now. For real. years, $2.3 million, I think. You know, nothing. But Whereas if we tried to sign guy. him after this year, it would be triple oh, that. Exactly. So that was a good job on the front office. Wow, I can't believe I said that. This, <laughs> it's rare, it's rare that we do say yeah. that. But another good thing, which was, I guess you could say, front office, but really more Scott McLuhan, you know, that was the Kendall Fuller pick. You know, this year he showed up for the yeah. first full year healthy. So he'd be like my honorable mention. You know, yeah. definitely would be Kendall Fuller. I mean, you could throw DJ Swearinger in there. He came on late, but he also gave up a lot of big plays. So we got to get that corrected. But overall did an amazing job in his first year with the franchise. But Kendall Fuller had four interceptions. You know, he really didn't even play at all last year. Kind of one of the best um, nickel corners in the game. So definitely glad we got that draft pick. So I'll definitely give him a shout-out and rightfully deserved, you know, props because he played incredibly well. Oh, for sure. You know, and, and maybe another honorable mention for me would maybe be uh, Josh Doxson. Um, mm -hmm. You know, again, he didn't have the breakout year that we wanted, but it was his really his first year, and he made yeah. some freaking unbelievable catches. So if he can, if he can like, expand upon that, then, mm. then he will develop. be the player next year, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's just got to develop his game just a little bit more here or there, but he still had a lot of touchdowns. He's making some great catches. We just got to turn him into uh, every play receiver as well, yeah. So, yeah. which I definitely think he can do because he's not really fully healthy either. So once next year, big year for Josh Doxson, he's just going to see who's throwing the ball. So I don't know. But, you know, in that vein, looking forward to this year's draft, I mean – like we kind of mentioned to earlier, it's hard to predict anything at this point just because we're in this purgatory limbo stage because we don't know what we're going to need. A lot of people are even saying that even if we do sign Kirk to draft a quarterback anyway, just because most people are thinking that Cousins' contract is probably only going to be a three-year deal. So we still could develop someone for three yeah. years behind him. So. I don't know. It could be a lot of different things. You know, last year, if you would have told me that Jonathan Allen was going to slide to 17, I would have said you're absolutely insane. It's right. not going to happen. As you can rightfully see on my head, the 2017-18 National Championship Alabama Crimson Tide, shout out, Roll Tide. But if there's no way, I would have thought he would have fallen that far, just having watched him play for two years. He was supposed to be a top five pick, but just this weird tumble. So... Some people are saying that a player like Saquon Barkley may tumble. If he does, do we draft him? Uh, yeah, Definitely. absolutely. Yeah, but I don't know. I think you can really just look at best player available at that point and draft him. No, I, I agree. I mean, we definitely have to address running back. We have to address some other spots as well. But mm -hmm. um, we won't really know 
what you know what order we address those until we know what our quarterback situation is. So again, you know, we'll keep our ear to the ground on this as we usually do, um, and, mm. and you know, talk about it week to week as we know stuff. But at this point, I mean, it's just speculation. And obviously, yeah. the one thing I do know is that we have to address running back, absolutely. Um, I agree. And then the rest we figure out once we know what's going on with Kirk. Yeah. So I mean, and don't worry, they'll evolve. Football season is coming to an end, and we're going to get into our Super Bowl predictions and all that stuff here in a second. Yeah. The, I do, me personally. I know Chute really doesn't do this, but I am constantly looking at mock drafts. I stay very in – this is the kind of part of the year that I really like because yeah. as, as Santana alluded to on NBC Sports Washington when I was on over Christmas break, I could and would love to be a GM <laughs> of the Washington Redskins because there's a lot of things that I think that – that's the part that kind of fascinates me a little bit is understanding like the legality of how you can handle these situations. So uh, you'll be very well up to date on any rumors spinning around and trust me, there's going to be a lot to talk about every week. There's going to be a new Kirk Cousins story at least. So we'll figure it out. But um, you know, other than that, we got eight teams left. We're going to have to see who's going to take this Super Bowl home. No, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it should be we, – we do have some really good playoff games coming up. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, but, you know, obviously I think – you know, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we're both in agreement that the Patriots are probably going to roll and get into the Super Bowl. Um, at least that's yeah. what I think. Um, but the from the NFC side – so, I mean, the AFC, you know, I think the only team that can give them a, a trouble is the, is the Steelers, and I just don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but – from the other side, I think, you know, a lot of people may be surprised by this, but I think the Vikings are actually going to make a run this year and make it into the Super Bowl because Case, Case Keenum, Keenum has that team playing out of their mind. And I, it's shocking to say that. Like, Case Keenum who? But the guys got them playing out of their mind. Their mm-hmm. defense is doing really well. Um, and I think that given their path, they have a pretty good shot to make it. Yeah. I mean, my um, preview of the Redskins-Vikings game – did not age well <laughs> when, I, when I said this is a team quarterback by Case Keenum. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I couldn't have been more wrong. What a shock. Me being wrong. Who would have thought? But either way, yeah, I mean, their defense is ridiculous, though. That's what's going to win them right. games. So, again, like what I said earlier, defense wins championships. That's true. Case Keenum, hello. Uh, but we want to pay Kirk Cousins $28 million. I don't know. When you can do it with Case Keenum or anybody. But, yeah, whatever. But, yeah, so I think that, yeah, that's a good chance. But me, I just – the Saints, man. You know, obviously I got that draw back into Louisiana a little bit, you know, yeah. just because of college and stuff, even though um, I never really had a problem with the Saints. Obviously, they're just another NFC, NFC team, so I don't, you know, actively root for them. But if I got no dog in the fight, definitely might as well have them win. But also because Drew Brees is an incredible quarterback and they have two of the best running backs in the NFL. Yeah. And Fuma, baby, Michael Thomas. That's so, right. That's right. For yeah, so for so, those of you guys who don't know, uh, I, I actually did get a chance to coach Michael Thomas when he was at Fork Union. Um, mm. It was a it was a trying time, but a hell of an athlete, man. The guy is is unbelievable. Um, he basically just you just had to roll the ball out there, and it was him and, and Cardell Jones, which a lot of people don't realize, but you guys can imagine that uh, combination yeah. on the field. It was it was that team was stacked. There was like four or five other guys from the, in the league from that team, but yeah. He's he's been having a hell of a year, and I'm I'm not surprised mm-hmm. at all. So for anyone also who doesn't know, you know, Chute and I both not only attended Fort Union Military Academy in Virginia, but Chute went on to coach there, and that's what he's referring to. Yeah. But you know, watch football over the last twenty five years, and you've seen Fort Union graduates balling in the NFL. So 
Um, no shock that Michael Thomas is now hitting his stride. I mean, you look at my teammates, Anthony Costanzo and Kareem Jackson still balling in yep. Indianapolis and Houston, respectively. You know, one of my other teammates won a Super Bowl with the Patriots as a long snapper. You know, my boy Danny Aiken. So, I mean, it's just ridiculous the talent that we have representing in the league. So, Fork Union needs all the credit in the world for helping sure. people do that. So, you know, that's an additional draw for the Saints. But I just don't know that if you got Drew Brees as your quarterback going against, you know, unproven people, that the recipe for their success this year is the same thing they had when they won it. Back when we, the last time, I can't remember the exact years when we were in college. That's all I know. I think, what, 2010, I think. I can't remember when the Saints won the Super Bowl. But they were they started out 0-2 that season and then went on to win it. So, right. you know, the wheel of time turns, as they say. <laughs> yeah. And age is coming past. And it's all coming on back around. I think the Saints can definitely make a run at it. And I don't think, if I'm Tom Brady, I don't want to have to play Drew Brees in the Super Bowl. No, and Sean definitely Brady not. Super Bowl. No. So... Um, I'd much rather have Case Keenum in the Super Bowl against me. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, so I'm sure. We'll see, but um, definitely some good games. And uh, but that's my pick. Definitely, who that nation is going to hopefully bring it home for us. But or you know, I don't care. Brady can win another one. He's the goat. I got no yeah. issues with the pitch. As long as the Super Bowl so. is entertaining, I don't really care. So yeah, I just want a good game, fun football to watch. So we'll see. But you know, on to the next one. So. Really, that's it for football and everything going on. So now we got to address everything that we would say is the best and worst in 27 in gaming. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously we broke down the Redskins season from 2017, so why wouldn't we be breaking down the video games from 2017? And, you know, we, we uh, kind of got together on this and came up with a list, our best and worst of the year. And just to preface this before we get into it, these are the games that we actually play and buy. Um, so, you know, you're not going to see Breath of the Wild or anything on there because we don't have a Switch. I'm sure it is one of the best games of the year, but we didn't play it. So these are games that we personally played and, and feel that are the best. Uh, if you disagree, please let us know in the comments. But um, I think we'll go ahead and start off with one of the first games that came out this year, um, and that's Ghost Recon Wildlands. Mm-hmm. Which we went back and talked about that not too long ago about doing the Predator. Event. Right. But overall, yeah. I mean... It was pretty much, you know, Ubisoft's only saving grace uh, off of the division was to least release Wildlands and do it better. So, you know, that game is massive. It's a lot of fun leveling your person to unlock the more recon gear and so on and so forth. But as a multiplayer experience online, one of the best I've ever played. Right. There's nothing that really even comes close to uh, it in terms of tactical multiplayer like you really do have to communicate with your team um and you know one of its only drawbacks is that it's really hard to play by yourself like you actually do have to have at least one person with you in order to play but at the same time that makes it even that much better because you're always playing with your friends uh and and the the way that you can attack each mission is different i mean you can do it however you want to however is best for your skill set and it really does make it a, an extremely interesting game and, and the the missions are not you know overly repetitive uh and it just, you know, we, we I would say we probably put 100 hours into it. Uh, wouldn't you say, Chuck? Yeah, I would say so. At I mean, least. Like I, it's just something, even if you just get in the helicopter, jump up and skydive down. So, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of fun. Um, if it's on one of these holiday sales coming up and you want to try something new, you can definitely jump back into it easily, even though it's old. So Right, definitely um, worth it. But, you know, if you're looking for a linear experience, you know, offline, 
playing a game. I mean, I know when I jumped into this game, my PlayStation stayed on ghost mode for a good month and a half. <laughs> I know you like when I logged back in, it was like you haven't logged in in a month. And I was like, no, I've been on my PlayStation every day. It's just I didn't right. want to interrupt me while I was playing Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, a lot of people prior to this year have said that the single-player game is going to die or that the single-player game is dying. And this game just basically said, screw you, that's not the case. <laughs> uh, because this was a truly single-player game, story-driven but open world. And, you know, you agree with me on this, but the freaking story was what drove the game to be so awesome. Like, yes, the mechanics, oh, yeah. yes, the world you're living in is awesome. But from the first, like, you know, story, you're like, what the hell is going on? And you're constantly playing mm -hmm. to figure out what's going on in the story. And it's been a long time since a story has gripped me like that from a video game. Yeah, and so, I mean, you can play that game through the story without really doing any of the side missions and just grip that. But at the same time, it also does somewhat force you to do the side missions to yeah, level to right. make sure that you're strong enough. So, you know, even when you're doing the side stuff, it doesn't feel like boring side missions like grinding out in Destiny and stuff like that. Right. You're doing them to level your character, but you're having a blast doing it, seeing these crazy dinosaurs and all that stuff. So, the but the overall story of Aloy and what like that post-apocalyptic dinosaur world is if you have not played this game you have to play it i mean visually stunning super fun um but, but the story is incredible so if you could get that one you got that's it. got the shoot and shock stamp of approval oh sure. yeah five stars across the board i mean you know if, if i had to pick one game for this year it would probably be that one just because it surprised mm -hmm. me so much like you know, you saw it, you saw the trailers, oh, this looks kind of cool. And then, like you said, I mean, there was one time, one night, I remember playing until 4 o'clock in the morning on a day that I had to go to work the next day because I was so entrapped <laughs> by the story. So if that doesn't tell you, you know, enough, then I don't know what to say. But, you know, really, if you're looking for a single-player game, single game experience of the year, that's definitely it. But one that would I would say came close and it just got released recently uh, is Assassin's Creed Origins. And, you know, mm -hmm. I just released a video on that on our channel. Please go check that out. But, I mean, I can't say enough about how well Ubisoft did with this game to change the image of the Assassin's Creed franchise. Mm. Which, for both you and myself, is huge. Because AC, undoubtedly, one of my favorite franchises of all time. Far and away, like, yeah. it's, it's that and Metal Gear. But I'm still actively playing Assassin's Creed games, so that's why it gives a little bit of an edge. But, yeah, I mean only thing that makes a difference is the timing of the release for me just because i haven't beaten that one yet right i did take your recommendation and dive back into it and my PlayStation has been on ghost a little bit here and there so i could jump into it but um for like the longevity of the year you got to give it to horizon but yeah i love this assassin's creed game completely redid the whole um combat system and everything like that so it should be interesting now that they're releasing the rogue remaster which was a psp game i yeah. believe that is going to take you back to the older um assassins it's not going to be the new combat system so it should be interesting to test the waters back and forth but it will make it feel like two different games which i think is really cool for the franchise so if they ever want to go back to the old type it wasn't so much like they're messing up the story it was like well this is could be set apart now if we want it to be so we'll i'd see. be surprised but, if they did moving forward like you know again remaster is totally different but if they come out with another assassin's creed and it's not like this one i'd be surprised because it's I just it's too. so good because I mean, it's better and it's yeah. better yeah i'm just saying they could no yeah for sure for sure. my point but you know for yeah definitely a great game but to me uh if i had to give another award out i guess biggest surprise of 2017 
no debate in my mind, absolutely Fortnite. Oh, it's not even close. I mean, again, we were talking about this last night as we were playing. I looked at my uh, profile or whatever. I have like 75 hours in this game, and it's completely free. So that should tell you enough in, in itself. Like the fact that we have all these games that we pay for, $60 a pop, and we're playing this free game, that says a lot about the, the level of quality that you get when you mm -hmm. download this game. Yeah, I mean, we tried last night, and hopefully we'll do it again today, but like we're trying to force ourselves into Star Wars right now. Yeah. And it's a bad time just because there's a lot of people who've been playing for a while. I got all the star cards, and it can be a little frustrating, but, you know, either way, it's still a dice game. You know, those games are massive multiplayer right. shooter experiences, so they're always frustrating. You know, Battlefield 1 was frustrating sometimes. You just got to play them, you know, to really get into them. But yeah. we're so we're trying to make this concerted effort because we love Star Wars, and I bought this game. I want to play it, but Fortnite, man, it's got its claws in me so deep yeah. that I just want to keep trying to get a win online. And I've, you know, I've had a couple here and there, but when the, the thrill and the excitement you get when you're hiding in a bush and there's seven people left and you're all trying to figure out how you're going to, you know, win the match or if you're building a massive fort or what have you, it's just insanely fun. And you can actually play it alone, and it's still fun. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's again, you know, one of our best games of 2017. Biggest surprise, because I would have never known about this game. I would have never, mm -hmm. you know, went out and sought it. But we saw it for free. We downloaded it, and it was one of the best decisions we've ever made, to be honest. You know, they got yeah. a new update coming out, I think, next week, where they're going to mm -hmm. expand the map. And uh, if you haven't played this game yet, I don't, I don't know what – else we could say to convince you but you gotta buy it i mean you don't have to buy it just download it get on there download it play it with us and you will not be disappointed yeah i mean i literally outside of me coming to your house and installing it for you <laughs> on your playstation this is my plea to you if yeah. you have not played this game there is no reason for you not to do it it is free it's not going to cost you anything it's not even a big download for no. that fact in yeah. terms of like what's on your hard drive it's like five gigs or but, ten gigs or something I know, it's insane. So definitely, you know, biggest surprise for me, and I can't wait to get on and play later today. <laughs> oh, for sure. But, you know, so. as, as uh, you know, even though we have all these good games that we just mentioned, and those, again, are our top ones that we played, it wasn't a perfect year by far. Um, there were a few duds out there, and the biggest one and the one that we, we're going to have to spend the most time on is the crap fest that was Destiny 2 and how mm -hmm. they roped us in with all of his promises, <sighs> and it turned out to just be... A piece of crap. And I have to say, and if you could see me chewed, I'm just like facepalm right now. Because <laughs> I think, if I remember correctly, one of, one of our first two episodes, we were so, so hyped about Destiny. So, yep. again, another example of something that... Curse of the pod, baby! It's real! <laughs> so, and Blake called us out on it, too, even right after we released it. So, shout out to B-Dog. Yeah. He was like, oh, y'all talking about Destiny. Like, it's this great game. Y'all haven't even played it. Yep, I. Ugh, they sucked me back in this year, like they did last year. I'm officially done, though. Period. Take that to the bank. I don't know. Hopefully, maybe me having this recorded will make me stick true to my word because I could. It's just so frustrating that I spent money on that. I'm very upset. Yeah, I mean to recap for anybody that doesn't know, I mean now, granted, Destiny, you get what you get when you when you buy it. Like it is a fairly good mechanically game, and and for the first few hours, you're having a good time. Um, but after that, everything gets really repetitive. But the final straw in the uh, you know that broke the camel's back for us was the fact that when this DLC dropped, they basically said like you either have to buy this or you're not going to be able to continue uh, leveling in the game. 
because the, the, the content that they locked behind the DLC paywall had a higher level than what you could get without buying the DLC. So for those people who you know bought the game, put 100 hours into it before the first DLC comes out, and then we're thinking, oh, maybe I don't want to spend that money, their game is basically useless. I mean, they could continue to do mm -hmm. the same things that they were doing, but you've already done that for 100 hours, so why the hell are you going to continue? And really... Uh, that's just an egregious, you know, break in, in terms of the way that the, the people that run the company view us as the mm -hmm. consumer. They're like, you know, who cares what they want? We want to make this $30 off of you for this DLC. So either pay up or stop playing the game. And guess what? We stopped playing the game. And it's because people will continue to do it. And yeah. And so, you know, if there was another dud out there for 2017 outside of, you know, necessarily a game, but just the gaming community was i mean definitely the ea microtransaction controversy with battlefront 2 which might be one of the reasons why we've only played online four or five times so you know the fact that this microtransaction thing is just taking over and i feel like as the gaming community we need to put our foot down and be like no this is ridiculous but as long as there's people willing to spend $15,000 on microtransactions and mass effect andromeda online yeah I beat Mass Effect Andromeda, by the way, which is a big game, because Mass Effect was one of my favorite series. I know I don't think you beat it, but I beat it. No. And uh, it was, you kind of had to struggle through it a little bit at the end, but I never even touched the online. And I actually uh, beat this game. So I'm a, one of the people that liked the game enough to beat it, but I never even touched their online. But there's this guy out here who's paying $15,000 on it. So it's people like that, that microtransactions will never go away because of that. Yeah, I mean, well, right now we're at a kind of a juncture in the in the gaming community. You have companies like EA who have stated their commitment to microtransactions and continuing that legacy. And then you have companies like Ubisoft, which used to be kind of one of the bad ones for their year, yearly release and just rushing games out. Um, but they've definitely made a commitment to kind of being the opposite of that. Like all the updates that they've made for the division, uh, you know, like some of the quality of life ones have been free. Um, you know, a lot of the, they, they do actually have microtransactions, but they're not centering their whole business model around that. Mm -hmm. And they're more concerned with what the community feels about their game. So when they want some, when, when the community wants an update, they do an update and they give it for free. Whereas EA would say, Oh, you know, Oh, you want this update. Okay. We'll put it in the next DLC that you have to buy. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, right now, People, consumers are rewarding companies like Ubisoft. If you watch YouTube at all, you've seen a lot of review channels or whatever that'll talk about how Ubisoft is getting it right, and everybody is bashing EA. So hopefully uh, somebody takes note of this and there is a shift in the, the culture in the gaming community, but um, you know, I'm not optimistic, just like you, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, 2018 will be a big year. It will be the year of my daughter's birth. Yep. Hopefully it'll be a year of a possible Redskins turnaround franchise with a great bright future and no more microtransactions. <laughs> or at least only cosmetic microtransactions. I'll give them that. You want to do cosmetic microtransactions, that's fine. Yeah. I but mean, if it affects the gameplay, no. It's crazy that Overwatch is willing to drop a cosmetic, you know, um, DLC that's valued over, if you were to buy all of them, $1,200, but it's all just paint for your character. So right. if you're willing to spend the $5 here and there to change your character's outfit, more power to means, bro, yeah. go ahead and do it. But if it is, if it's giving you a better gun or a better perk, so when I step into an online lobby and I just get destroyed immediately, 
that's where I have an issue. Yeah. So we'll see how it shapes out. But either way, 2018 is going to be a great year because you're going to be getting real talk with Shooting Chalk every week. Yep. So definitely be sure to keep checking back with us. We definitely appreciate all the love and support from our fans. But let us know what you think. Comment below. Also give us a follow on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter, all the social media sites. Other than that, shoot, you got anything? No, I mean, again, you know, happy 2018. We're looking forward to a great year. And uh, hopefully, you know, this is the year that uh, everything works out for us. But, you know, like Chalk said, keep tuning in every week and we will uh, keep giving you guys the content you want. Okay.